Hello, everybody. Welcome to Real Nerds. I'm Ryan. I'm James. I was doing it like a boxing announcer. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really plan how I, I think, start the show. I just no, you don't. I usually, just, usually we start with something like somebody says something funny, and then you start it anyway. Yeah, uh, because at this time there was nothing, so it was just sort of. Yeah, I was. I like the uh, uncertainty. I'm going okay. home. Uh, I'm Ryan. Next to me, of course, is... It's James. I already said my name. You Did you? Yeah, we did this already. Did we do... Oh, man. Oh, see, my I'm God. 30 seconds in. This 30 seconds in. This is the worst episode of Real Nerds ever. Yeah. But it's also a different episode. We're doing something different this week. We are. You don't remember. I do remember. Oh, okay. Uh, and we should say this for the next couple episodes so that uh, people know, since I know not everybody listens to every episode, and this is part of why we're doing this, is to sort of solve that, is that in order to... Not that we've gotten any complaints we, or compliments, for that matter, about <laughs> uh, we have. our, about we, we our got spoilers. On, oh, on spoilers. I said on iTunes, someone said it's a really funny podcast. That's right, yeah. And and somebody that... And like, someone who's not a friend. Yeah, somebody just found it, <laughs> just which is cool. That so if cool. that guy's still listening, send us an email. Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, anyway, but as far as spoilers are concerned, since we don't even really try to not spoil anything, what we're going to do is when we get to the movie review... We're, we're each going to say, just like in a sentence really quick, you know, what we thought of it, whether or not you should see it, and then probably we'll show the trailer, and then we'll actually do our usual gushing on the movie, <laughs> so that, that way people can listen to the episode, uh, whether they've seen that movie or not, and then, you know, maybe we'll sway them one way or the other. Yeah, and they can pause it while they, if we say yeah. to go see it, and then they can go see the movie and then come back and listen to our exactly. spoilerific podcast yeah and i always love how we start our podcast where we, we try not to spoil it but then we just get into it too much and oh spoil yeah it anyways oh yeah it's it's like well but try not to spoil it and then like three sentences in it's it's it's, it's obvious gone. hey james you know what time it is what time is it real news time what do you got for me this week uh well, this, this is a light week it was light you know uh which is good I don't really like news. <laughs> no. Um, well, the big thing... Well, first first we'll start off with our continuing news segment. Uh, uh, bashing AMC? Uh, what is AMC fucking up this week? And the truth <laughs> is, like last week I said, you know, it would be great if this week I could say that they fixed everything and everything is, is just dandy peachy And cake. you have to report? Uh, well, they didn't. Oh, they didn't okay. fix everything. But they fixed something. The status quo is better this week than it has been. Uh, they announced this week that Breaking Bad is going to get a fifth season uh, on AMC, and it's 16 episodes long, which is actually wow. three episodes longer than any of their other seasons. Wow. Uh, which is good. It means, you know, they're, they're, they're writing what they had messed up with Breaking Bad. Hopefully that means that all the weird stuff that's been going on with Walking Dead, they'll, they'll fix it and, and make some commitments and really get things in order. Uh, it just it feels like growing pains, and hopefully this will be over. Yeah, uh, I did find out that they're releasing a collector's edition of The Walking Dead Season 1. Oh, fuck. On Blu-ray. Really? Yeah. That is such... Oh, yeah, I know. man. Yep. And when? I, was, I think it's in September. Oh. I, I remember when That's I was... such a crock. Flipping through, I'm like, why isn't there no commentaries on these sh- episodes? You know, yeah. I think the first one should have a commentary. It's a pilot. It's really big and it sets up the story. Frank Darabont should do one. Yeah, and I always thought that. I said, and usually he has really cool DVDs. Yeah, and I said, oh well, you know, I guess they have about a 15 minute segment for each episode where they talk about making the episode. I said, I guess that's kind of the same. Uh, and so I was sitting down. And I don't know what made me look at it, but I was just looking at digital bits, and usually I just look at their first. 
I don't know, 20 covert scans he was coming out. And I think it's September 27th, if I remember correctly. I scrolled down, and there's that half-decayed bicycle girl face. Yeah. And it says Walking Dead Collector's Edition. Oh, man, that sucks. It does suck. Well, though, it's it's cool that, you know, we're going to get a good DVD version. I've always... Uh, on the on Frank Darabont's DVD of The Mist, there's a really cool documentary about Drew Struzan. Mm-hmm. He, he does neat stuff like that. That um, it, it'll be cool if if there's some good stuff on that DVD that makes it worth it for me to actually uh, pay for that DVD again. But it sucks that they're doing that. I mean, that, yeah. and I bought it on Blu-ray. Like I me was co- I was so excited and committed, and then. Yep. They, they double dip me, and that's just—it feels shitty. It, it makes does. it feels like you're attacking the fans when you do that. Kind you know, of I stuff. talked about this with Joe in our video game one. Is Marvel vs. Capcom three? They're releasing another one like five months later with sixteen more characters. That's stupid. And the other thing is that I find that when there's something that I uh, something comes out and I feel like, oh well, this is not really the DVD that I wanted. I have a feeling that they're going to come out with a that they're going to double dip me and come out with a collector's edition. What ends up happening a lot of times is I don't buy the DVD when it's new with a Blu-ray. I don't buy it when it's new. And then if there isn't, or even if there is a special edition at some point, at that point, my excitement has kind of waned a little bit. And then it takes a while before I buy it. And then I think, well, I'll wait till the price comes down. And then it's six months. I don't really think that the whole double dipping thing even works. It only works if I don't know it's coming. If you really sting me like this. Yeah, the thing that uh, the one that's really irked me lately is I mean it's not even is the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon. The first they had the first uh, maybe four volumes, three or four volumes, and they said, "Oh, don't worry, we're releasing, we're releasing a season set too, so you don't have to worry about it." And they did, so that's cool. So I didn't buy the little volumes. It's just the yeah. basically made for children. You know, it has three episodes, and they can watch and watch them. Yeah, and I said, "Cool." So they came out the first first season, and then they did the same thing for the second season. They had another four volume DVD set. They all came out. I said, hey, don't worry. The second season's coming out. And then they canceled the show, and I've never heard a single word of a season two oh. of The Spectacular Spider-Man on DVD. The one that the, that bugged me for the most part was when they re, when they released Lord of the Rings on Blu-ray because they only released the theatrical versions mm-hmm. without any of the, you know, without any of the appendices or anything like that. Uh, and then... It, it was it, it was interesting because if you went onto Amazon and you looked at the Blu-ray for Lord of the Rings, it had one star, and it was because the entire internet went on there and rated it shitty because they were like, "You're obviously trying to double dip us. Mm-hmm. We want this movie in in 1080p. We want it as good as it can be, and we want the full movie." You know, because for the most part, those those extended editions are better movies. Yeah, and I did the same thing. I, I actually for a couple of years on my like Christmas list and stuff, I would put. Do not buy me the Lord of the Rings Blu-ray because I thought you know somebody <laughs> might think of it and be yeah. like, oh, that he would really enjoy that, and I would just be crushed if they wasted sixty bucks on that. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that that was my news that I found that I was a little disappointed in. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Anyway, well, let's move on to something that doesn't suck. Um, no, that sucks. That sucks. So we'll get to that stuff later. Uh, Hit somebody's going to be two parts. Is it really? Yeah, you didn't hear about this? No. Kevin Smith came out this week and said, well, he, he mentioned it like on the radio, I think. Not on his radio, on somebody else's radio. Uh, and then he talked about it for sure on uh, Twitter. Came right out and said, like, yeah, uh, Hit Somebody is so big that I don't think I can make it in one movie. So I'm going to make it as two films. Uh, the first movie is going to be him getting into the NHL. And then the second movie will be sort of his story in the NHL. Um, which there's definitely a part of me that is 
that scares me a little bit because yeah. to me it's one big story. So unlike something like Kill Bill, which it keeps getting compared to, where Kill Bill is one big story, but those two movies are stylistically so different yeah. that I, I watch and them is, independently. And I love Kevin Smith, but is there an audience for two hockey movies? Yeah, that's definitely a. But you know, he's going to make it his way, where it's going to be five million dollars, and there's his his movies can make that much back just on their own audience. Mm-hmm. Um, well, though he has said that it'll probably cost more than, you know, it'll probably be like five million a piece or even ten or something like that. Still cheap, but he has said that he'll probably have to get some studio help on that. Um, anyway, it's it's kind of exciting. Interesting, um, yeah, yeah, surprising. It, it, I I like it because I want him to make. It sounds like he's he's really excited about the movie and is feels like he's really going to make something great, and that is cool. Um, but yeah, it's, I, it makes me a little nervous. But every time Kevin does something, it makes me nervous. Yeah, me and then too. it's successful, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, they're gonna make another Austin Powers movie. I didn't know that. I, it didn't register on my radar. That's why, yeah, not that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I know they. Uh, about seven years ago, they cast Rod Stewart as his older brother. Really? In Austin Powers, yeah, and he was gonna play it, but then Mike Myers decided he was gonna make crappy movies for a while. Yeah. He um he was supposed to make an Austin Powers four movie that was going to be about Doctor Evil and Scotty mm-hmm. like focus on the two of them in I think two thousand and seven yeah something and then like that. that got pushed back a little bit and then he made some crappy movies and then the Love Guru did so horribly that he just sort of backed away from movies in general for a while uh, and then finally somebody approached him this last or like a month ago and offered him not as much as he was offered in two thousand and seven but still enough money that. After a little while, he was like, okay, I'm going to see if I can't make this movie. It's it's very, you know, it feels like him trying to make a comeback uh, after The Love Guru. Did you see that? No. I saw that, and for somebody who is a hockey nut, then they have stupid... It's so stupid, I couldn't even describe it to you. Justin Timberlake's funny in it. Wait, that movie has hockey in it? Yeah. Isn't he just supposed to... Anyway, what? It's about... A, I don't even remember what it's about, but it's a hockey player using him to find something. That's weird. Yeah, don't see it. I'm, I'm not going to. <laughs> I probably won't see an Austin Powers 4. I don't think I've ever actually seen uncut all the way through Austin Powers 3, because I thought it just looked stupid. Um, Steven Spielberg's in it. He's funny in it. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, well, then I definitely haven't seen it, because I don't remember that. At the beginning, Steven Spielberg's directing the Austin Powers movie. And Austin Powers. Oh, says, that's right. Yes, <laughs> says, I do. Yeah. I, I have some thoughts, and then Steven Spielberg holds up his Oscar and says, "Yeah, well, my little friend here says it's fine how it is," I, and that's I pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Um, uh, they're making a Blade Runner two. Why? Wait, wait. <laughs> yes, that is the cr- that was that's the proper response. Ridley Scott I, the, I should say it this way Ridley Scott is making a Blade Runner 2 okay or at the very least he is making another movie in the Blade Runner universe uh, it'll probably end up being something like Prometheus is where it's they've even said Harrison Ford's probably not going to be in the movie it's going to be another movie in that same kind of world where it's just interesting to me that uh, he's so returning to his old movies yeah that's alright as long yeah. as really Scott did, I guess I'm okay with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and as long as it's not that you know they're not remaking Blade Runner, they're not. Doesn't sound like he's going to tamper with it at all. It it's something that's interesting to me because when Sunshine came out, Danny Boyle said when it was over, he said, you know, look at the fact that uh, he he was talking about how hard it was to make Sunshine and and just what a 
pain it was to work in the world of science fiction in general and he said as support for that that look at all of the great filmmakers who would make a CG, uh, a sci-fi movie and then would never return to the genre he was referencing like 2001 by Stanley Kubrick um even Ridley Scott who did some sci-fi movies like Alien and Blade Runner but then got away from it for mm-hmm. a while uh so it's interesting to see that yeah him sort of break that and go back to these movies yeah, that's cool um, it's exciting because I, I like Ridley Scott me too um right before we started recording Rambo 5 has a script does it nice it does by Stallone uh by the guy no by the guy who wrote Conan the Barbarian Mm, cool. this, this new one yeah so we won't see that um <laughs> did you read the plot to man of steel i haven't i i've i have kind of skimmed through i'm trying to do what you did with um the happening i'm kind of just skimming through yeah. uh plots like i know that general zod's in it and i know little things about it but i don't mm-hmm. know the actual story well let me tell you do you know anything about superman yeah Okay, then you know the plot to Man of Steel. Um, <laughs> Walton Goggins is going to be in G.I. Joe. Nice. Yeah, I, we just have to talk about this because every time there's news about G.I. Joe, I feel like i got to talk about <laughs> it because I'm excited. Honestly, I think they're trying to make G.I. Joe into a good movie that because they're like casting like, real actors and shit. Uh, I don't know if, if they're going to get um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt to return for, as Cobra. It would be great. I, <laughs> I loved his Cobra because it was weird, but... Um, Anyway, that's that's all of the news. Huh. Just burn through that. Yeah, there's nothing really... Like I was saying, there's really nothing exciting. No. I, I, I noticed a Walking Dead thing. I did notice the Austin Powers thing. But yeah. again, nothing... I, I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. And, you know, Certainly I also, nothing that spawns good conversation yeah, that anyone would I guess the only thing, I, I, I got my new Entertainment Weekly and I was reading the fall movie preview. Nothing really is... I read that at Sierra's because Sierra also has the Entertainment Weekly. And I read through that one. It has Twilight on the cover. Yeah. What... Dude, there's every no, it also other has, app issue of that has Twilight on it. Oh, really? They it, it also has segments of the book cut out, and at the beginning of the little articles, you should go and read those. I did. read them out loud. I, I, I read them because voice. again, the actors don't know what they're doing. Nope. And to me, that sounds like a terrible movie. Yeah. And book. And I'm gonna see it opening night. I know. And James is gonna report to us because I will not waste money on that because if I do that, ah. that means instead of twilight i'm gonna get like moon with wolves <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, i guess you already have that in twilight too. it's okay there are plenty of people Wolf who are willing to go with me rip his shirt off and run through the rain okay he seriously never went we'll talk about this later <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> shit uh well then that's it for news yeah if you want to go into what have you been watching this what week, have right? i been watching um the the big one i watched this week was brad always told me to pick it up or to see it and again i'm I'm always hesitant to go see independent movies, not because I don't like supporting independent movie makers. Yeah. Uh, I just think sometimes people, when they make independent movies, they always do this, look how independent I am making this movie. Yeah, there's some tropes that that get old real quick. So I was in Target picking up Paul, which I watched this week again, and Super was... Mm. Available to buy for eight ninety nine. James like, Gunn. James Gunn. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll buy it. And Brad said it was good, and it's actually really good. And it's way darker than you'll ever think of a movie that movie would be. That's what I've heard. Because it has, I mean, even on the front, Rain Wilson is punching through a page, and it says, "Shut up, crime," which is like his catchphrase. <laughs> and but I mean, oh. there's really dark elements to it. I mean, he's he's a not a stable person, and the 
oh but nathan fillion is in it and he's um i why can't i remember his name but he's on this christian superhero theme and he has a huge cross on him like bible man it, bible man basically yeah and he says and then there's a satan and rain wilson watches this and it inspires him to be a superhero and uh so he's always in it and he says he spouts lines remember uh premarital sex and you know nathan fillion i can't do nathan yeah. fillion but it's freaking hilarious oh, and man. so that inspires rain wilson to be a superhero and he gets touched by the divine power of god allegedly like he's sitting in his room and he's handcuffed by all these tentacles and a sing and his head's cut open and a single finger comes down and touches his brain and he's been blessed by god to be a superhero obviously he's just crazy and but it's also really yeah yeah it's really sad because his wife is Liv Tyler well, don't don't tell me everything about it because no I'll tell you just the the, the premise yeah so Liv Tyler's his wife and she's an ex junkie and Kevin Bacon is her drug dealer and he starts coming around again and then she leaves him to go with Kevin Bacon and Kevin Bacon's awesome in the movie uh, Kevin Bacon returning recently and do, only doing villain roles is yeah. great and then Ellen Page is great in it as his sidekick oh man. And I'm, I may have to steal this from you at the end. You should. You should watch it because it's really dark. And yeah. And then his message at the end with Kevin Bacon is really, I don't know if funny is the right word, but you get where he's coming from. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I watch Super and I recommend maybe not everybody to watch it because it's kick-ass, but darker than kick-ass, which might be kind of hard to describe, but there's no really... I don't know how darker but more realistic yeah cause it's, it, or even just saying more realistic would probably yeah more realistic there you go more realistic yeah. because they don't have you know hit girl doing flips and stuff yeah and, the truth is that as well kick ass you know talks a good talk in the end they end up being superheroes yeah and in this one his name's a crimson bolt and he beats up bad guys with a wrench yeah <laughs> so oh, oh that's good yeah you know it's weird James Gunn is one of those guys that I I've never really known how I feel about him yeah he's because weird he's like like pg porn was funny to me but I, I i don't know it well he wrote the new dawn of the dead did he yeah which is that's a good it's good yeah the new dawn of the dead is good uh the really weird thing is uh he is part of the creative team behind a new video game coming out called lollipop chainsaw oh yeah i saw that have you actually seen anything yes. about Lollipop Chainsaw? I have. I watched the trailer, and Suda 51 oh. is crazy anyways. Yeah, yeah, but like, if it were just Suda 51, I could I could be like, okay, it's weird Japanese stuff, and something about you know that kind of weird chauvinistic yeah. garbage coming out of Japan, I can kind of give it a pass, because I'm like, well, it's a different culture. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to judge them for being... Uh, but then to see James Gunn's name on it, I was like, no, whoa. This is just and for those weird. who are listening and know what we're talking about, it's literally a uh, cheerleader named Lollipop who butchers zombies in yeah. very sexual ways. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, it, the idea would be it's like it, it could be like Buffy the Vampire Slayer only versus zombies, except that Buffy is seemingly a personalityless, short-skirted, <laughs> flashing, uh, just. It's bizarre. Uh, yeah, it's hard to even. Yeah. And you look at it, and you, especially that title, and you think, "How is this ever? How did this ever get made?" And yet, part of you was like, "Okay, yeah, uh, you know, like I might try it." It's <laughs> weird. That's what I'm saying. Like it, I just don't know where to put James Gunn. Yeah, I don't know. And I saw Paul 
and yeah. rewatched it. Have you seen it yet? No, I haven't. I haven't. You, you'll enjoy it. I forgot some of the references in it, but yeah. Except, don't look at the back of the DVD cover. It gives away like the biggest one of the biggest cameos in it. No. Yeah. Oh, that's shitty. So don't look at the back of the DVD cover. Uh. And Jason Bateman's awesome in it. Cool. Uh, what have you watched? Oh, um, well, I've watched a bunch of stuff. First, we should talk about something that I, we were actually supposed to talk about last week, but then uh, didn't because I just forgot. Uh, and loyal listeners, Joe, will probably already know <laughs> what this is. I finally finished Angel after like two years of just sort of sporadically watching that show. Nice. I and, finished Angel. Uh, how did you feel about how the show ended? I think it's great. Thank you. I, I think so that that ending is really great, especially considering that it was a show that got canceled. Uh, I think the ending is really great. Um, I think it's great because he goes out fighting. Yeah, well, he doesn't. I don't even know that he goes out. Like, well, you yeah, can, I mean, you know, you can pick up from that sort. And in fact, I think in the comics they do. They do. It picks you can, up right you can from that pick moment. up right from there. You know what the big spoiler in the comic is? What? Are you ever going to read the comic? Uh, I might eventually. Oh, maybe I shouldn't tell you then. <laughs> well, no, you should tell me because probably like spoilers about the comics. The Buffy comics are actually what made me read the, uh, the Buffy comic. Uh, he's not a vampire anymore. What? Yeah. What is he? Human. No way. Yeah, it's a really quick tease. You're, you're, you're reading the issue, and at the bottom, he's like, yeah, that stuff didn't used to hurt me, but it does now. Now I'm not a vampire. And that's how the comic ends. You're like, what? Wait, which, which comic? The first issue? Uh, or, the, or the end of... No, it's not the first issue of season six, but it's the... It's end like, of season six? Or uh, three or fourth. No, it's like oh. right in the middle of the run. Oh, okay. And it's really interesting. So he's not an angel. Uh, he's not a vampire anymore. And how does the... How do the angel comics interact with the Buffy comics? Uh, because not, obviously having read... Really because... Now, this is really big spoilers for the Buffy comics, but obviously Angel shows up in there. Yeah. So... Uh, kind of in a little bit of way because Josh Whedon just oversees the Angel ones. Yeah. Um where he had a huge idea for the Buffy one. Mm-hmm. And they're different publishing companies, so they really don't oh, that's right. mingle too much. But, uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, no, and I remember watching that final episode of Angel, and I thought it was going to be a two-hour-long episode because everything just keeps on ratcheting up, ratcheting it up. Yeah. You know, um, where Christian Kane, what the fuck's his character's name? The lawyer? Um, wait, which When lawyer? Lauren kills him. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, oh, crap. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. But, but yeah, I'll, like, is he... Wes- no, not Wesley. Duh. Uh, but he also, he has, like, a girl name. Um, yeah, it's, uh... Is it Christian? No. Darn it. Damn it. Sorry. Like, but anyways, uh, I love that moment. Yeah. Oh, so good. Because I was the watching... The whole it. arc with Lauren is he's great in that episode. And you know you have the counter on your DVD player? And it was, like, at yeah. 39 minutes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's just getting him now? And Angel still has to fight this dragon? I'm like, what is uh, what is happening here? And then Leslie, 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 thank you. Do you know the actor who plays Lauren is dead? Really? No. He, yeah, he dude is crazy. He di- he went in and got uh, something with his teeth, and it got to give him an infection and it killed him. No. Yeah, isn't that sad? Oh. Like 32 or something. Oh, that sucks. Andy Hallett. Wow. But and he's a fun character in that show. Yeah, he is, and that's a great moment. Oh, when he gets to kill Leslie. Best moment. Awesome. Especially because I was so excited to have Leslie back because he was always one of my favorite villains in that yeah. show. I always feel like the big story arcs in Angel are my least favorite parts of the show. Um, they, they, I don't know. They always felt a little bit season four Buffy-ish to me. Yeah. Um, but Leslie was great every time. It was fun just, when Spike came back. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, see, yeah. all of season five. Uh, season five to me, I think, is the strongest season. Yeah, I didn't even know he was, uh, you know, I was watching I was on TV. So it was a big reveal that, you know, 
he does that, and he comes back from wherever yeah. he came from. And yeah, no, it's. I'm glad you like the ending because, like I said, it's, it could be interpreted as a lost ending where oh, it just ends. What are these guys doing? You know, because they they literally say, uh, "I want the one on the left," or I forget how he. They're so, in the uh, alley, and he says, he, "I want the." Dra- I've always wanted yeah. to slay a dragon or something. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I want to slay the dragon, and then, and then they it's just over. run, and then it yeah. ends. Yeah, but in a good way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I. I really enjoy it. In the comic, Gun's a vampire, too. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Check it out. I'll, it's interesting. I'm have to it's not it as good point. as Buffy, but it's interesting. Yeah. Well, and even Buffy, like, the Buffy comics have their, their good points and their bad points. Yeah. The last, like, two trades or so are kind of messy, but even Joss Whedon has acknowledged that. Um, it was it was interesting. In, a, in an interview recently, talking about Avengers, he talked about how, you know, they are going to make a season nine and that he's going to try and make it way more like the show was and sort of back away from the big supernatural stuff that was in the season 8 comics because he just felt like especially at the end they sort of lost track of it it, it got so convoluted that I I had a hard time following it yeah but did you watch anything else? Uh, I watched the Cleveland show (laughs) that's pretty funny (laughs) but you know how I feel about Family Guy so a spinoff in general is just like Uh, well I, I got a couple really good ones first of all uh, I, f- I finally got to see a made-for-TV HBO movie called Temple Grandin, which is it's about uh, a woman. She has... Uh, oh, shit. What's it called? Um, what's Rain Man? Uh, uh, autism. Autism. She's autistic. And she... in When she's young, she sort of becomes obsessed with uh, cows and the way that cows work and it's a story about how she grew up, figured out a way to sort of conquer her own autism while going to school and you know, conquering the battles of her life Mm. uh, in the ways that autism make her life harder and then at the same time designing the most efficient ways to kill cows. Interesting. Uh, And it's it's, uh, also partially I watched it because she is actually a professor at CSU. Really? Now, yeah. Uh, the movie, oh, and Temple Grandin is played by uh, Claire Danes, who I've never really liked, but she is amazing. Oh, this, really? The movie in general, it's it's got some some t- TV kind of stuff to it, mm-hmm. uh, and script-wise, it's a little more concerned with uh, being historically accurate than necessarily having the right momentum and all of that. There's just some weird stuff, but an amazing, amazing movie that really? I think people should see. Yeah. Uh, you just Claire, blew my mind. Uh, yeah, Claire Danes won an Emmy for it because the performance is just amazing. You completely forget that this is the girl who played Juliet. Um, <laughs> I honestly, I, I I almost got teary at the wow. end. Yeah, I think if it had been a movie and not a made-for-TV movie, I probably would have because they could have crafted it together in a better way. Unfortunately, the ending sort of, like the last scene, just sort of falls a little flat. But. Um, it's it's just great. It, huh. I was so impressed. Um, nice. So yeah, it's something people should see. Uh, I've been watching more Top Gear as well, which I, I think I having not really seen that show before. I think I somehow found a way to watch that show in such a way that it it only gets worse over time. <laughs> and that's that sounds bad. The show is amazing, but I I watched all the specials first, and then I found a list of all the episodes that had challenges in it. So really, all I have, all I have left is the like celebrity the episodes ones. where they talk about cars, and then they have celebrities in it, which just means that like the show isn't as good every time I watch another episode. 
but it's still the show's fantastic and you should do exactly what I did and at least watch the specials um, and then I watched one more thing uh, and I, I thought maybe I wouldn't talk about it. it's crazy stupid and I thought maybe I shouldn't talk about it until I, I've seen the whole saga but I'll just sort of tease it I I saw the first Twilight movie, as well as some of three. No, James. I did. I did because it was on HBO, and I was just like, "Well, I mean, good enough time." Stupid, <laughs> fucking stupid. I like. I knew it was gonna be pretty dumb, mm-hmm. and I knew it was gonna be pretty offensive, but I couldn't stop being mad at almost every line of dialogue. The these are it's a horribly written movie it's not even a well made movie it's poorly shot the costumes are all really bad wolf boy doesn't (laughs) own a shirt does not own a shirt the the all of the plot elements are are just silly and convoluted and come out of nowhere but the guy who plays her father is a really good actor and it's a really good role and he plays it very subtly and mm. I think he should be congratulated. Well, Michael Sheen's in him too, and I like him. Yeah, later, later on, he is. Uh, I don't even he's know. not. In the, he's I just not saw in him the in the trailer one. for the new one. I had no idea he was. Actually, in I think he may only be in the fourth one. Hmm. I'm not sure if he's been in them before. I know Bryce Dallas Howard is in two and three. I think. Isn't Dakota Fanning in them too? Dakota Fanning is in them after this uh, as like some evil vampire lady. Um, and I, I saw little snippets of her in three, and she was actually pretty good, I guess. I don't know. Um, but, damn. I just... It's so bad. And there are, I, there are so many lines in the movie that I feel like I could take out and break down in five pages why that line is <laughs> offensive. Just really wow. stupid. Um, Billy Burke. Billy Burke plays Charlie, Sh- Charlie Swan, her father. Does a really great job. Good. Really does good he was like every time he was on screen he was like a breath of fresh air anyway saw that let's move on uh you know you said stupid it reminded me i did see one more thing oh, really? uh streaming i saw night of the comet on uh, night of the comet. netflix and i th- i what i did is because i like zombie movies and i wanted to see what i could stream on netflix because i was bored one night yeah when laura works and so i typed in zombies and night of the comet came up and it had four stars on it rated i'm like oh you know genre fans rate it but i'm a genre fan so maybe it's good it's yeah. terrible it's like they put in zombies in it just to classify it as a horror movie but it's not scary at all and basically a comic goes over earth and it, it turns everybody into red dust if you weren't um sheltered if you looked at the comet but huh. the people that then die turn into these zombies that aren't scary at all and then they have this 80s pop soundtrack to it that so who's alive to not ah this girl and her sister and they go shopping in a mall well how'd they survive they didn't see the comet they didn't see oh so if you see the comet you get turned into Mm. dust if you're outside during the comet you get turned into a zombie if you're inside during the comet alive yep uh Okay. I mean, actually, it started off with some sort of promise. You know, it starts off these kids are just in a movie theater, and the 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 girl hero in it is playing a video game, and she wants to arcade game. She wants to have all the top ten scores, so that's kind of cool. Oh, you know, I can kind of get in this. I can see why maybe it's a cult movie. And then she comes out, and there's dust everywhere, and then a zombie it kills her boyfriend. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe you know, kind of a end of world Mad Max kind of feel to it. Yeah. And then it just gets terrible. Oh. So that you watch the first ten minutes, say, "Oh, this is a good movie," then turn it off. I think you need to make a list of 
good zombie movies that are on streaming. I will. I should. That would be good. Because you've watched so many now, and every time you talk about what you've watched on streaming, it never sounds good. It isn't. But uh, <laughs> so it would be interesting to see what, what there is that's actually worth it. Yeah. Anyways, that is anything else you've watched? No. That's everything. Cool. So we will just jump right in then to the review of... Oh, we should mention this is the second week in a row. So uh, our fans have picked <coughs> what we're going to watch. Yeah, they did. Well, it was really just you, me, and Sierra. Yeah, and since Sierra picked Fright <laughs> so Night, Sierra decided to decide to vote. Uh, thanks, Sierra, for voting. Yeah, doesn't matter. She's not going to listen to this. I know. The only one she's listened to, she started the Harry Potter one, and then she got mad at me and stopped listening. That's as far as she's gotten. <laughs> That's why I like when we were trying to decide what movie to go to. Like, yeah, Sierra chose, but I also didn't really care what she voted for. <laughs> and I can say that because she's never going to listen to this. Oh. Yeah, me and Sierra get along so well. We both get Entertainment Weekly. We both love the Rockies. I wasn't saying I don't like Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so uh, so what did you think, Ryan? I actually really enjoyed the movie, and I think you should go see it. I, you know, this is not my kind of movie usually, I know. and I've never seen the original. Uh, but I, this was a hell of a good time, and I absolutely think you should go see it. Cool. Start trailer. Hey, Mom. Hey, just checking in. What's you up to? Uh... Adam Johnson. Adam. You know, Adam's missing, right? Right? Kids aren't coming to school. It happens all the time. I don't know if you're paying attention to roll call, but he's not the only one that's gone. You're nuts. This is my son, Charlie, and his girlfriend. Hi. So Jerry is our new neighbor. Hey. Hey. Now listen to me. We draft up all the disappearances. That's you right there in the center next to his house. I really hate to be the one to tell you this, but that guy, your neighbor? Jerry. Yeah, he's a vampire. <laughs> that is a terrible vampire name. Okay. Jerry? watching you your mom there's a kind of uh, neglect gives off a scent and your girl she's ripe it's on you to look out for them because there are a lot of bad people out there charlie what's that i'm gonna end him or he's gonna end me it's gonna be. Charlie's gonna find me. I'm counting on it. You smell that? It's your fear. Yeah, you know, I was really nervous 
because you said when we were talking earlier today, said, oh, I don't care what we see. We can see Conan the Barbarian or Fright Night. And my wife really wanted to see Fright Night and she could come with us. So we decided to see Fright Night and Sierra voted for it for us to see. Mm-hmm. And I know this isn't your kind of movie because you don't like horror movies at all. Um, well, not 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 at all. I just you're just not a fan of. Them, I need it. I need it to be more than just killing people. Yeah, you know, like the movies like like Halloween. I appreciate as a as a film fan because that movie is one of the first uses of Steadicam and all of that. Like I I appreciate it from a craft side, but I don't really care about the story or anything yeah. like that. Like because it's really just it's really just a guy who goes around killing people, and that's all. You know, scary is not enough for me. Yeah. And, you know, this movie, I I didn't know if I wanted to see I mentioned this early on another podcast because, I mean, I do – the original is okay. It's really campy. But, you know, it is an all right movie. And then I was reading the credits for it and I found out Marty Noxon was a writer on it. And Marty Noxon wrote Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And you found out she wrote one of your favorite episodes of Mad Men. She wrote like the episode of Mad Men. So she's a she's a good writer, and she wrote some issues of Buffy season eight on the comic book. So I said, you know what, uh, a Buffy writer writing a vampire movie, I might be down to see this. Yeah, and because even the uh, trailers really didn't do it justice, uh, because they kind of s- sold the uh, vampire living next door angle. Yeah, they sold it like Rear Window, which I actually yeah. think is really good. Yeah. Because the, it also meant that the trailers didn't really spoil much about yeah, what was Yeah, actually, they didn't spoil anything because, I mean, it's not a spoiler that you know Colin Farrell's a vampire. You already know that from the posters right. and from the casting. Um, and you know it was a movie about a vampire next door, so it's really not shocking yeah. that he's a vampire. But the way they played it, I thought, was extremely clever mm-hmm. uh, because the, the originals. It's okay. I mean, you can watch. How, I think it's on streaming right now. How similar are the, are the two movies as far as plot elements and the characters? The plot elements are pretty, yeah, a little close. The characters are the same. Oh, okay. uh, of course, uh, David Tennant's character is you know a Vegas showman in this yeah. one, and in the old one, it was a uh, host of a like a creature feature. Oh, I guess because it. you know it's, the old one's twenty six years yeah, old. Yeah, which actually it, uh, that actually makes more sense for the name Fright Night. And, yeah. yeah, and that's where it came from, and. So it's close, the, but I think Colin Farrell's vampire was way cooler than Chris Sarandon's in the original. Because I'll, I'll go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I you, uh, well, I yeah. I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, his performance is amazing in this movie. And there's a line in the movie, and it was in the trailer too, where um, oh, crap. I don't want to say what I'm about to say, so I, I'm gonna have Christopher Mintz Platt Plass. I didn't want to say McLovin. Christopher Mintz Plass. He needs a better name than that. No <laughs> one wants to say Mintz Plass. Anyway, uh, he call he says like this guy is like jo- like the shark from Jaws. And when you say that to me, that's it's a very high bar. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, you shouldn't you shouldn't say that because he's not going to be. Like- he's like the shark <laughs> from Jaws. <laughs> yeah. He is so good in this movie. He plays it. He plays it like a dog with all these subtle little yeah, like know, movements and all of that. Like he knows. Like it, it's as if he sees so much more than and, than anything we yeah, see. He, and it's terrifying. And that's what's cool about it because sometimes you get in horror movies and because they want to rely so much on cliches. Yeah. That you know the characters come across as dumb. Even the villains who are supposed to be head. Yeah. And my my favorite scene actually in the whole movie was when. Uh, why can't I remember Anton's character's name? Uh, Charlie. 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 He rescues his neighbor 
takes her downstairs, and Colin Farrell's like walking one. It's like literally one long shot. Oh, it's brilliant of him walking back and forth, and he knows that they're there. And you're like, yeah. I think he knows that they're there. You know, he knows. Yeah, but you, at the you, same you, time, he plays it like he doesn't. Yeah, and uh, you know the way he grabs the apple and he eats, rolls it down. Yeah. Oh, it was so badass! And how he eats the apple. It's yeah. just little subtle things in characters that I look for. And how he just owns that part. And what's terrifying there, this is spoilers for the scene, but what's terrifying there is that uh, you know he knows, so you know he's going to do something, and then he never, he keeps not, every time you think he has a chance, every time you think he's going to pop up, you, he, nothing think, happens. Yeah, I think and then the end of that scene is awesome. Yeah, and I think that's why that scene's really effective, because a lot of times in movies like that, and I think props needs to go to the director, because he actually did... Um, I was always waiting for he did the horror movie cliched camera angles where if you looked a lot of times uh even at the, in the beginning scene where the kid's hiding underneath the bed mm-hmm. he kind of made a wide angle so you can see and you're expecting a scare to come right this way and uh i thought it was really creative that the director didn't do that yeah you could hear but uh you know you expect the scare to come from um the right of the screen when actually it starts coming on the top yeah like, and i thought that was a really interesting approach yeah. to filmmaking there were shots in the movie that i like there were times like that where i thought he was going to try to scare me and then i didn't think he pulled it off quite right um there's one of them we'll talk about later but sort of similar to what you're talking about now uh, when uh anton no um when christopher mintz plass is climbing down the, the you expect him to jump up right uh climbing down the roof yeah well no I, I didn't know what I quite expected. I expected something, yeah. But then when he drops down, like, that shot just doesn't work quite right. So, like, I know where he's going to be anyway. But I, looking back at it now, I feel like it's a lot of him, you know, using those old film, uh, horror cliches. So you think you know how he's going to scare you. And then it's almost like he just doesn't scare you. Yeah, exactly. And it actually, I think that that probably makes Colin Farrell's character scarier and more like the shark from Jaws. Yeah, I agree. Where he's just sort of there. Yeah, like, He doesn't need to pop up to scare you. He just, like... You know, like that guy drops down off of the roof and He's this just guy's sitting just sitting there. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, that wasn't scary. But then it is. Yeah, like because... It's, and he has, it's a smarter scary. Yeah, and that's why... I, th- I, I mean, I appreciate uh, movies like that because there's so many times in... Especially slasher movies. This was kind of a slasher movie where, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's the, the jump scare. Just, this yeah. is a loud music and a loud bang to make right. you do this. <laughs> right. Not clever. Where this one, it it really the terrifying aspect isn't the jump, it's the pursuit of the yeah. shark from Jaws. You know, right. it's no matter what you do, he's still going to show up, and he's still going to get you. And he's yeah. and he's so nonchalant about it. You know, and you and, feel like he could just be anywhere. Yeah, you know? it's another part of the the Jaws thing of, you know, anytime that they're in a house or anytime that they're anywhere where that guy could just show up around the next corner, you you kind of feel this weird tension. He yeah. usually doesn't. No, but you feel like you're on his turf, no exactly. matter where you and, go. You know that you're right. The Jaws thing, maybe that's. I mean, obviously, it's a purposeful. Oh yeah, she she put that in there because I mean, there's um, parts in Jaws where they're in the water and nothing happens. Right, but there's a possibility that it could, mm-hmm. and it's it's really clever filmmaking. And I don't know. I just you know even the scene where uh, Charlie doesn't believe his friend Dan tells him that you know he's a vampire mm-hmm. and he doesn't believe him. And he doesn't know, but he goes home, and then Jerry wants to borrow beer from him, and he refuses oh, to let him. Scenes. Refuses to let him in, but Colin Farrell owns that scene. Yeah, and 
I don't know, because you're scared of him, but he tries to be that cool guy. Yeah. It's it's a really interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. And it's the tension is amazing and so yeah, it was cool. And I And those the the character development in that first twenty minutes or so is just perfect. Like it's a lot of you know, quiet but honest. Yeah. You know, they're they're playing on certain stereotypes but in a way that feels fresh and interesting. Yeah, and I like the and especially now. Well. Like in the eighties it was easy to for uh, a character like Charlie, who is sort of a self-hating geek, to to feel very cliche. But now that you know, uh, and I'm putting quotes around geek chic as I say it. Now that geek chic has become a thing, it's sort of uh, it's it's actually refreshing to me as a geek to see a self-loathing geek on screen yeah. again. Because a- anymore, like you see these these guy these characters that are very proud of it and everything. And it's um, I don't know. It was just it was a cool character done very well. I agree, you know, and what I like too is the movie was shot in 3D, but they never really pushed it. Well, there's a couple times. Well, I, I mean, like there's yeah, a, there's the a marketing. Few, oh yeah, yeah. There's, there's times when things. There, there's times when screen. I think that the 3D hurts this movie, where they throw things at the screen and it looks really CG and bad. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, uh, so we should have said before we should have said not to see it in 3D when you yeah. see it. Um, but no one watches things in 3Ds in, in 3D anymore, so. Uh, I think that's safe. I love the relationship between his mom and him, too. I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah. And I, you know, there's a part where Jerry tries to get invited into the house and he begs his mom not to. And then there's so many horror cliches where she says, oh, nothing's going to happen. And she lets him. But then she trusts her son. I thought that was a really cool scene, too. Yeah. It was definitely a movie where every time there was something like that where I I, I felt like it uh, it wasn't even that I felt like it should go one way and it went the other. It was more like I just didn't know how it was going to... Like, yeah. they, they, they wrote it in such a, a smart way that I didn't always know what was going to happen. Uh, my favorite line was actually... Uh, I can't talk. was actually spoken by uh, Christopher... I was calling that. <laughs> and uh, he's... Uh, Ed. His character's is, name is Ed. Uh, is it Ed? I thought it was Dan. Uh, no. I think Dan's the kid who dies before that. No, Adam is the kid who does. Anyway. Anyways, so he's talking about... They have they, they had a huge falling out because he stayed a nerd. Charlie didn't. Charlie ha- now has the hottest girl in school. And so he's talking to him. And they're talking have this huge thing. And Charlie mentions about four or five minutes earlier about his... You read Twilight and, you know, that's what you're confusing for. And they have this huge emotional thing. And the thing yeah. that pisses him off the most is, I can't believe you think I would read Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which was awesome. And it's funny. You said the thing about uh, Imogene Poots, who plays Amy, being, ca- being well, like you said, she was supposed to be the hottest girl in school. And, yeah, there's, like, some lines about that. But the truth is you never feel like she falls into that cliche yeah. stereotype of like whoa he got the hottest girl in school it's not you don't really feel like what like anything that you special what, is going on too, it's just like oh she's she's nice and a good character we and, talked about this earlier um she's the buffy because she is. yeah she, just like buffy is you know super attractive she is too but it's never like flaunted oh look this little girl right. can kick butt and in this movie instead of running away she stays and kicks ass yeah she is she's first developed as a a strong character with some intelligence. Uh, she has a personality, and then when the shit hits the fan, she like you know kicks ass. Yeah, she does a good job. Yeah, you know which I even even on this podcast I've talked about like so many characters this summer where I'm like really she couldn't have punched him once. Exactly. Like, not just 
not even tried to hit this dude. Um, so it was really refreshing every time. That, that And we haven't talked about it yet, but you're a big Doctor Who fan. I am. David, David Tennant is in this movie. And overall? Uh, amazing. First of all, you know, you said going in that you had heard that he was sort of playing like a uh, uh, Russell Brand kind of a character, which is true, especially visually, I think it's that kind. And I think he's written in such a way that it would be easy for a lesser casting director to be like, oh, well, obviously we want Russell Brand to be this. But Russell Brand would have played it flat and not funny. David Tennant is a brilliant brilliant choice for this character because he takes he takes yeah that bombastic character and then makes it very real plays up the alcoholism just um great i loved that character yeah you know what's funny too is you know i read that and as i was watching the movie and he comes out he has you know the long hair he has the goatee and all the stuff but when he sits down and is who he really is yeah he takes all that off yeah and i thought that was a actually a character defining moment for that it's really subtle yeah. But he's not the Russell Brand. I, I no. read several reviews. I'm these. I don't know if I'm just think deeper than some movie reviewers, but he removed all that stuff because yeah. he's, that's not who he is. He's not. You're right. The and, bombastic. And it was a smart choice because he ended up, especially near the end of the movie, he actually looks like Anton Yelchin. He looks like a, mm-hmm. a, a an older version of that guy. So you realize, like, oh man, these are the they're they're supposed to be the same character. Yeah. You know? um, which was yeah, he's great. I love David. Yeah, Tennant. he was really funny in that, and not not at all. But he was similar to who he was as Doctor yeah, Who, and he wasn't over the top. You know yeah. how that character could be. Yeah, he played it so straight, and yeah. his lines were so funny. Yeah, that it was just cool. It was cool to see him that way, and yeah, it was good. I I want to talk about the thing that I hated. Okay, uh, I hated everything that happened in the van. Really? Uh, yeah, and it's not uh, even the character moments. It's actually the way it was shot. It's just everything visual about that scene. It's two things. First of all, uh, and, and this is the first movie where I, I want to say this f- permanently. I don't think that vampires should ever be CG ever. Oh, yeah, that was The CG good. vampires in this movie are not good. And similarly to what people said about Captain America, um, the CG vampire is nowhere near as scary as Colin Farrell. Yeah, Colin Farrell is terrifying. So that then when he goes CG, you're like, oh, now it's just this monster. Like, it's yeah. not. It's nowhere near. And his as head cool. was way too big. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it was KMB effects. And when he was just had the black eyes and he had the fangs, yeah. the little touches, like when yeah. his fingernails yeah, would go exactly. creepy, and he had the blue veins. I mean, yeah. that's creepy. Yeah, especially because nobody ever noticed. Yeah, like when his when his nails would go would go weird, mm-hmm. like when he taps on the car window, and you think you should immediately know that's a monster, but then he just sort of looks like Colin Farrell. Yeah, and, and it's like just those little touches, like nobody notices. Yeah, the uh, when the girl turns into a vampire and she looks at the mm-hmm. camera with that smile that's actually from the first one. Oh really but it's still oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah but um yeah that's not and yeah. it wasn't good like no. her well cuz even you know yeah. the plus I don't know scene that where... she would be as terrifying as a vampire but that scene's not about being scary that scene's no. that's an emotional scene yeah. so it doesn't matter that so, she's yeah, even the last scene where Colin Farrell's fighting like when the vampires were crawling out of the walls that was creepy. creepy. And, you know, he's all cool and calm. And he's, yeah. he's I've been alive for 400 years. What are you going to do to me? Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah, you don't need him to be, like, yeah. the goofy. The CG was good, like, um, at the end of the truck scene when he gets stabbed. Yeah. And then he goes all weird. That CG was really cool because it, it added something. But the CG face was just worthless. Yeah, it's unnecessary. Uh, but the other thing is that that, that scene 
to me, that should have been filmed like a gritty car chase scene where, I honestly, I wanted death proof. Uh, anytime anybody's in a car car chase, I want death proof. But I wanted a gritty, realistic feeling death proof car chase. Mm-hmm. But what he decided to do was a um, uh, oh shoot, what's the name of the guy? The guy who made Children of Men. Um, uh, I don't remember. Anyway, it, I, I think it's it, the same he, guy. No, 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 no. It's Doug Gi- Giuseppe. I think it's the same guy. No, no, no. Children of Men is made by um, um, Alfonso Cuarón. You're right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, he does that one long shot. In fact, I think maybe the majority of the car chase is one shot where he I don't even I don't I'm not entirely sure how he did it. It was definitely involving CG because it didn't always look good, but he just sort of moves the camera around the car and it partially because of the CG with them like ramming the cars together and stuff like that. It just never worked for me. Um but for that to be my com- biggest complaint is especially yeah. on a horror movie. You know, well, Colin Farrell killed Chris Sarandon, who was original vampire in Fright Night. That was the dude who got out of the car. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah. I don't know. It was great. Yeah, it was, it was a, a cool great movie. movie. Laura, did you like the movie? I did. Colin Farrell's Latin. Oh, Laura liked it because Colin Farrell was hot. He has amazing shoulders. He he's a very beautiful man. He's even sexier when he has his Irish accent, but I'll settle for him anytime. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Laura says go see it because Colin Farrell's sexy. Well, it's a cool movie too, but that's fun part of it. Yeah. yeah, especially when he rips up the pipe and you can see his muscles flexing. Mm-hmm. He's always wearing that tight shirt. Like that was a cool scene. Yeah. That was that was also part of it. Is that I thought that was going to be like the end of the movie from the trailer. Oh, so yeah. then when that sequence started, and I was like, oh man, they're going to burn the house down already. Mm-hmm. That's when I I felt like okay, I don't know what's going to happen next from then on yep. for sure. Um, and I love that. Uh, David Tennant showed up at the end. Yeah. Oh, the whole ending is so smart. Their yeah. plan on how to defeat the, the well, the both the plans on both sides. The plan that Colin Farrell hatches to, as a trap, and even more so, uh, Charlie's plan to defeat the vampires. S- smart, Hi, honey. great writing. You. Good night, Laura. Bye. Um, it was just great. It was well, really it was cool, and like I said, to impress me as much as this did is a feat. that's a that's a feat because you hate. Yeah, I usually, you know, you've you've got to really have a character-driven horror movie uh, to be this kind of horror movie for me to like it. And it is. That's That's the thing, is that uh, I I care about so many of the characters in this movie, even some of the ones that, you know, don't end up as happily, you know? (laughs) Of course, the the douchebag guy, he's in it. He was funny. Yeah, yeah. Making fun of the dude... Charlie having a mocha and he took it and drank it. So little things like that are <laughs> yes. pretty funny. Oh, that's such an that's such an awesome but awkward scene yeah. where it's the only scene at school as I remember uh, where the girls walk up and they're like, "Hey guys," and the guys go, "Hey girls," and then there's like this weird moment of silence, <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh, this is this is just awkward," <laughs> and then they start some dialogue. It was great. That was one of my favorite beats in the movie. Oh man, it felt that that actually felt very Buffy. Yep, As, well, there's some there's some moments movies. that were Buffy in it for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. So yeah, that's awesome. And so you should go see the movie. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Make non three sure D. Non three D. Make sure you see the movie before you listen to our podcast. We ruined a lot of it for you. Yeah. Um. It was hard. This one was one where it was hard not to just because I wanted to talk about how cool stuff in this movie was. Yeah. It was. It's. You know. I. I, I do. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's all I can say is I agree. Oh, but we should give a special shout-out to Brian at the movie theater. He gave James an Aromascope card. That's right. We need. We should talk about this. We, we asked about it. There were some people there. Uh, he had a big stack of the Aromascope. Is that what it's called? Yep, aromascope, aromascope cards for that are for Spy Kids 4. And there were some people even going into Spy Kids 4 as we got there with little, like, four-year-old children. It all smells like grape or chocolate or just ass. Yeah. Just smells, there's one of them just smells like butt. <laughs> he said they all smelled like bubblegum. Yeah. Well, they all have that sort of fake, you know, scent to them the way that bubblegum does. But mm-hmm. uh, mostly they're just grape or, like, flowers. <laughs> Nothing good. But the my favorite part about that whole bit is I went up there joking. I said, ah, man, are you going to give us one of those aromascopes? He said, if you want them, we're not going to get rid of them all. <laughs> they obviously yeah. don't have faith in the movie. And I got theater. so excited when he said that. I was like, yeah, I totally want one. <laughs> and then I'm a little disappointed. It wasn't much. But I'm going to keep it because I think it's stupid. It is stupid. And Joel McHale, shame on you. Oh, Joel McHale. Well, I guess you got to pay the bill somehow. Oh, you, yeah. Community. His, the his, soup. He's not doing well enough. His Rotten Tomatoes, he has his five favorite films, and they're pretty good films. Oh, like good. Uh, Dr. Strangelove and stuff. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Alrighty, well, I think cool. that's it. Yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Follow us at tumblr.realnerds.tumblr.com. Yeah. Like us on Facebook. Download us on iTunes. Send us emails. Send us emails. And thanks, Sierra, for picking our movie this week. I have for no sure. idea. What comes out next week? Oh, I don't know. Let's talk about Let's it Let's talk quick. about it real quick because I think it's crap. Um, I think I it's Are You Afraid of the Dark's coming out. I'm not seeing that. I know that's coming I don't know what else I is coming I won't see though. that. Is it Shark Knight 3D? Uh, oh, that would be great. It's not, though. It's really PG-13, though. I don't know how great it can be. Oh, that's right. Never mind. It's not going to be great. Uh, one day... No. Shit. Oh. Um, maybe Columbiana? Yeah, if we're lucky, what would really be great is if uh, in the next week, Attack the Block comes to Denver. Yes. That would be great. Um, no, that's the 19th. This is, this is horrible radio, but you're going <laughs> to sit through it anyway. So I don't care. Um... That was last week. One day is this week. So then next week is... Here it is. Our Idiot Brother comes out next week. Don't mm-hmm. Be Afraid of the Dark. Colombiana. Uh, circumstance. That now, now we're getting into independent films. So Colombiana so, is probably the the leader. Or Idiot Brother. Yep. I'll see either of those. You know what? Well, again, I'll put up the question on yeah. Facebook and let us know. And I'm, def- I'm definitely going to look and see, because if, if uh, Attack the Block comes to Denver in the next, even in the next month, I think we need to see that. Absolutely. So, Or if we can't find anything we watch, we can go see Conan the Barbarian. This is true. Well, I'll probably see it tomorrow. Oh, you are seeing it tomorrow. Well, maybe. I don't know for sure. Yeah, you know what? If you see it tomorrow, let me know how it is, and then I'll decide if I want to see it. <laughs> uh, All right. I'm guessing it's not going to be good. I'll see you in the movies. Yeah. All Bye. right. See you. Bye.